You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. <laughs> Making Waves. So, I mean, I feel like we've, I feel like we should just start because I love kind of where we're going. Just, uh, Justin and I were talking, Chad, about uh, Justin's, uh, you know, kind of the being, being from Toronto, right? Born and raised, I presume, Justin, and still there now. Still here. Yeah. Yeah. He is, you know, he's, he's like, you know, I started in, he started in sports playing hockey and then it, uh, cause we were talking about what he wanted to talk, what he was comfortable talking about, you know, the, the stuff we do before we, we go live. Right. And uh, he's like, yeah, you know, I just, I'm not really a big sports guy. And then he kind of started elaborating on that. And it was funny because the start of your story, my story is irrelevant, but the start of your story, it's very much paralleled my life where I was like, hey, I was, uh, I was super into sports, was really good at sports. You name it, I played it. And then I, my dad owned a music store. And then I started spending more time in the music store and playing it playing the guitar and then it just was like i couldn't deal with authority anymore you know it was like you know i just couldn't deal with people telling me what to do and i would get kicked off baseball teams and not be invited back to the football team and then at that point it was just like okay then fuck all you guys you know it was just like then then my shitty attitude my grades dropped and then all i wanted to do was rock out you know (laughs) <laughs> so 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 that was that's where i think that's what, what you were alluding to but to go back to your thing so you you just kind of had it, it being from canada you didn't really have much interest in sports no and like, hockey, hockey specifically yeah, as well. Hockey. Yeah. well that's really all everybody plays up here like it's not like uh like you don't go to school and then there's no like football teams or like high school and stuff like it's not like that there's a hockey team you know people play basketball sort of but like hockey is like i would say 95 percent of kids that are like growing up are playing hockey if that if they're going to go into sports up here even though you know it's funny that lacrosse is actually our national sport but i don't know one mm-hmm. um but yeah i try yeah. try and according to dave, into, I, according to dave Grohl in the super bowl canada also invented football so yeah i think we also invented we invented basketball apparently i don't know yeah well you invented rush and that's yeah. all that matters. Yeah. Uh, and the trailer park boys. So I'm, I'm oh. in. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> rush is enough for, uh, you know, whatever else people don't like. It's like, well, we gave you rush, uh, which to some people is like, fuck, you know, we could have, yeah. we could have been without that, you know, but I'm <laughs> of the mind that rush is one of the greatest bands to ever grace the earth. So, um, they're like our leads, you know? What about the tea party? How do you feel about the tea party? <laughs> awesome. Well, th- this is the thing. It's it's so interesting about, you know, when I tell like people from America, because I spent a, a lot of time in the States, my bands from there, we do majority of our touring out there. Um, when I try to tell them about the bands that exist up here, bands are huge up here. You know, there's so many bands that, that didn't really, I guess, like cross over to, to the U.S., like the Tea Party, you know, or like, you know, there's bands like Big Rec, fucking awesome. Big you Rec's know, my pro- probably my favorite band on the planet. No, no kidding. Probably the best guitar player alive right now, you know. Um, Andy Wood, obviously, is like, it, him and Andy are kind of like, I can't decide which one. I'm like, I don't know. They're both so fucking good. But you We're know, to send this to Andy is going to get so yeah. incredibly <laughs> rock hard when he hears this. <laughs> to meet him on on the but i'm I, like I, i've known about him for a while because like he he's done those those sewer factory jams with ian and i'm such a ian thornley like junkie like we got to tour with them once which was like unbelievable um but i've seen them play and i was like really stoked to see him on the boat because uh of course i'm a guitar player myself and uh watching guys play like that is just 
mind blowing. And we got to hang out. I remember we were doing our meet and greet um, in like the jam room. And he was just there, man. He just walked in just to play guitar. And I walked up. I was like, dude, you're saying on like your off time, you just show up. And you just want to play. He's like, yeah, man, I just love it so much. I'm like, then that's why he's a god. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And you know, he's not even a guitar player first, right? Yeah, he told me he he, he played uh, mandolin first. I think. Yeah, yeah. His oh. his primary instrument is is the mandolin, and it's a he's a beast on the mandolin too, man. It's it's as you can imagine, right? Yeah, because I was like, you know, that's probably how his right hand just got so dialed in, you know, because he li- he was showing me stuff like because I was just gawking right about like his technique, and I was like, oh, well, it makes sense because mandolin you pick everything, and he was doing stuff that like you would think maybe you would do some economy picking or like some sweeping, like this is guitar nerd shit, obviously. Oh no, I'm in. I know, I, I got you. Yeah, and he's up down alternate picking everything. I'm like, this doesn't even. This is not ergonomic or like efficient yeah. technique you know to some people's um uh, in some people's eyes you know but i was like that's insane but i guess it makes sense because the bluegrass thing and the mandolin thing is like you're picking everything you well, know like, and the interesting thing about the mandolin too is you don't the strings are so close together that you don't need to economy economy pick you can just get i mean it's like everything is so close that it's a there are smaller movements right the distance between the strings yeah like, I also heard that, yeah, Al. I heard that you're a really, really good guitar player as well. I heard do you, of it. Do you have, you have, do you have difficulty hearing? Because <laughs> I, I you, that, you got ten minutes because, <laughs> because I feel like that you you heard wrong. I think you, somebody told you that they said he's he's terrible because that's how because that's how I feel about myself as a. <laughs> oh, come on, I do, man. You, I, you, I, I hate I hate it. Like you know, it's like you just you I. You, here's the thing for me, I don't have as much time to devote to it as I would like to for, you know, and that's really sometimes like in the summer when it gets slow for my job, I can, I can really kind of play maybe, you know, 45 minutes a day kind of thing and work on something and get better at a particular thing. And then when my band goes and plays, it's like, I feel more comfortable on stage and everything kind of is looser and it, in a good way, looser, all my muscles and the muscle memories there. But man, a ship rock is a tough vehicle for me. Cause I get up there and I'm so busy doing other stuff. And then I got up and played a couple songs and it's like, from just for me, and I appreciate you saying that. That's super kind, and, and I and people do think that I'm a I'm a good guitar player. And it's very it's very kind, but I, I just I just see it as a, I just it's a work in progress for sure. Yeah, man. I mean, it always is. It's like yeah. the uh, the never ending grind. I mean, like it, especially like again, like after seeing Andy play on that boat, I've actually practiced more than I than I than I have in years. <laughs> and that's what should that's what should happen, right? That that should be the byproduct of that, rather than you know, burning your instruments. Right. Yeah. Cause there's two, there's two kinds of people. There's people that are like, fuck that. I'm just going to give up or I'm going to actually try to, I'm, I'm going to aspire to be that good. And I know that like, realistically, I'll never get that good, but it's enough. It's a, you know, it's enough to like inspire me to actually try to, cause man, his, his picking is just so good. I was like, yeah. I got, I got to work on that, you know? Yeah. It's great. Uh, so Chad, welcome. 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 Hey. Yeah. Hey, I, I wanted to. I, I mean, are we starting? Are we good? I, we we, usually, we're, uh, we're rolling, man. I, sick. I, I, kinda, I like the soft openings a little bit because you know there was we were already talking and, and you know. Yeah, don't fuck it up. Yeah. I just fucked it up, so I apologize. No, but, uh, edit. We'll, we'll edit, baby. I, I just didn't want to come in with the heat until uh, you know I knew we were on the record. With that being said, dude, Joel Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, that is a fucking rad. It, this was your, if I, I mean, I, I've everything I've read is your date broken loves debut full length. Right. And the, the trickle down and everything leading up to, cause I think I was getting you on my release radar back in 2019 or something, you know? Uh, and then the record came out right in 2022 or 20, 22. Uh, uh, the first record came out 2020. It came out, Valentine's Day 2020, like that's two or right before the pandemic started. That's Such right. Of course, you know, but looking back, I remember, I remember when it came out because on, well, <laughs> nobody will forget what, you know, when everything went down. So yeah, yeah. I pretty, remember how I was, you know, uh, black, but black box was 2022. And that's the, that's the Joel Hamilton record or did he do both? No, Joel did the, the, the debut record. And then uh, a dude named Anton DeLost did black box. Ah. Uh. I got it mixed up. Okay, so just pretend I didn't say that. Yeah. Joel Hamilton. How was working with Joel Hamilton? I love that dude's production, man. What he what he's able to do in a on tape. Yeah, you fucking sound awesome on it. By the way, thank you. He's um, 
It's fantastic. You know, working with a guy like that, he's very um like deliberate. He like I love the like the choices he makes and the choices he sticks by. You know, like recording with him is different than the guys I will, you know, with, with other guys I've worked with before because you know, we made that first record in like a week, you know, mm -hmm. and it was like, you know, we're gonna sit there and we're gonna do a million takes of this, or we're gonna do a million takes of that. I would be like warming up playing you know getting the tone going whatever on the guitar and then i'd be like all right let's go and he's like nope that's the take <laughs> <laughs> it's weird i mean, I recorded a, a record with steve evitz who's also a, a you know renowned for doing this the same exact production technique is like it's scott you got to commit right yeah. the idea of like using the digital tools is great but when the tape starts rolling that means like when I press record, it's just think about it like you're paying for tape because it's about the moment that you're in and overthinking it always squeezes the juice too hard. And I think that like, if anything, I don't know if you've recorded uh, any full length records with anybody else beforehand, knowing that Joel is the first of the full length. That's probably a really good experience to have at, at, at the jump, you know? It was definitely a very, um, it, it was like kind of liberating in the sense that we'd like kind of weren't precious about a lot of things, you know? Yep. Uh, and it and it was and again like I mean like you said when the tape rolls it's like you better fucking play you know mm. and uh, of course like you know listening back to it now and obviously like there's mistakes on the record there's like some timing stuff there's some some bunk you know notes that I didn't sing per perfectly but I think that all adds to like the magic of it you know it gives a character which is I feel like um, I I don't want to say it's not like um um i don't know how to put this the right way but i would say that that like um perfection is kind of prevalent now you know a lot of yeah. things are chopped up and hyper compressed and like there's a world for that 100 you know um it was just cool and i think kind of different to kind of go at it this different way and it sort of ended up you know cultivating into this i guess signature sound or whatever you know people might say but you know because i, I kind of see this as a more like raw kind of organic um just kind of like almost i don't want to say vintage but i guess like we like to kind of treat our records kind of like the classic rock bands did where you know you just kind of lay it down and you just play and then you know if the magic is there if the take is good fine but if the feeling is 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 like if the feeling is there then that's all that really matters to us yeah. you know it's it like transcends we can make anything perfect in the studio. We could sit there ad nauseum and just like do a thousand takes of something and polish it out. But that's not how anybody really plays, you know, like, so it's cool because then when we play live, people are like, Oh, you guys sound just like the record. It's like, well, yeah. that's, that's what we did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so Joel was the yeah. first, Joel was the record in 20 in 2020. Yes. Right. But you did take that same vibe and feeling and, and, and band in the room recording. For the new re recording too right sort of we actually kind of uh, i guess it was actually a uh, um it was actually a lot different than the first record um because the way anton kind of does things he's a little bit more slow uh i don't want to say slow i don't know uh, he's he's slower in the process where he likes to take more time and kind of think through things a little bit more and uh, of course there's merit to like all these approaches and uh, i actually enjoyed doing it that way too because for that record we actually didn't even have the songs fully written so we were like writing it as we were going so like have you know having the advantage of using pro tools and stuff and and like plugging things in just for like song building and mm -hmm. writing songs as a writing tool was was pretty um it, it was it was efficiently done uh doing it that way and um it was nice because like we actually ended up it's funny because I'm, I'm sure like a lot of bands they record bass and drums first mm -hmm. you know and then you do guitars and you do vocals last we actually did guitars first then bass vocals and then we did drums last with Anton um which was really cool I actually kind of enjoyed that because it gave us the freedom to be like you know two weeks into the process going you know what actually on this song we should add this kind of we should add this and then we can do it because once the drums are down you're like that's it like you're trapped yeah you know so there was actually it, it was it was actually um a lot different than the than the first record and you know, the first record uh, was a band. It was a trio at the time um, that was just live off the floor. Mm -hmm. And uh, Black Box was really just me. And uh, one of my best friends played the drums on the record. So I, I dubbed all the parts. Mm -hmm. So obviously we couldn't play it um, at the same time. 
but we were still like recording it in a way that would still make it like live enough. Like I was doing full takes, you know, we were committing to full takes. I would sing the song down like three times and we'd do a comp or like kind of stuff like that um, to still give it that kind of live feel, you know, some of the songs don't have like a click track, you know, we just kind of, just kind of grooved with it again, you know, to still kind of capture some of that, but we had to deliberately choose, like we had to make it as a step up from the last record. Of course, you know, you want things to sound bigger and bigger. Um, and I think the little bit more polish we added on it is like, is like a necessary evolution, I guess, you know, for it to just sound bigger. Um, now it's like making me think, I'm like, well, what are we going to do on the third record? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Track vocals first. AI. <laughs> AI, we're going chat. We're going chat GPT the whole way. Yeah, we'll write all of our songs for us. They'll write them better than than we know how to do it. Honestly, yeah. write me a love song uh, in the style of Harry Styles. Yeah. yeah. Um. So today I was out. Uh, I had a couple projects going on, and my son and I were in the car, and we. Uh, I just actually bought a a house to flip. Um. And we've been you know ripping up floors and this kind of stuff. And my son and I were. I was like, hey, I I learned I got a. I got to host the podcast tonight, which is not unusual. I was like, I want to, I want to really, I want to really dig into the music. So we listened to both records today and we were in the car at one point. My son was like, he's 13. He's like, he's like, dad, and he never heard you before. He's like, dad, he's like, I really want to see these guys live. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. And it was just cool because I, I mean, honestly, I don't think I've ever, I don't know why I'm whispering, but I don't know why. I don't think he's ever said that to me. So that was super cool. Oh, that's awesome. So, so some, so a couple impressions of, you know, of really diving in. Cause you know, for me, I, I we hear the bands, we book the bands and then it's like, Oh, let's prepare for a big festival for, you know, my world. Right. But had putting it, I had it on the radio, and then I had a little Craftsman boombox at the job site, and then I had it on at home on my on my HomePod, or whatever it is. And uh, there's so many. I was totally thinking about Big Wreck, and mm-hmm. I did not. And and here's here's the truth. I did not know you were from Canada. I didn't know that this was a Toronto thing until mm-hmm. Chad updated our notes today. I heard Big Wreck. I absolutely heard Rush. I heard Alice in Chains. I heard Nirvana. I heard um, I heard v- modern stuff. I heard like highly suspect. I heard, uh, but and I, and I'll just say, I wish that I had seen more than thirty seconds of your show on the ship because oh, because yeah. again again full di- full disclosure, I see about thirty seconds of every show because I'm just great. I'm, I mean, yeah, you got thirty is, seconds. You're, you're yeah. welcome. No, no, but but I, I and I had two or three of my best friends in the world were on the cruise and they told me that they 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 said you blew the doors off of it both both shows. They couldn't believe how great it was. And we'll get into Shiprock here in a minute, but. The records still feel like the reason I asked you about whether it was like the band in the room, whatever the process was, it still felt really, it felt really, it, all of it kind of felt off the grid to me. There was some, obviously there's some songs that have the arrangements, you know, there's the tempo changes, right? Right. And there's like, and it comes back into the, into the the regular tempo, whatever. And those are kind of on purpose, but it really feels like it's, it really feels like it. And obviously it's not because it's you doing most everything, everything but the drums, but there's the effort to make it feel organic and let it come off the cuff is, is really translated into the, into the music for sure. Um, and, and I love the fact about your, about your singing. The thing I love about it is, and Chad can vouch for me. I generally don't say this about everybody for obvious reasons, but uh, the thing I love about your singing is it's, there is a, there's uh, it's obvious to me that you are capable of singing more in a lot of in a lot of places but you don't and that restraint and those musical choices are super uh very refreshing and and very and and really up my alley so i really i enjoy diving in today so thank you for making my day and it won't just be today where I'm consuming your music. I'm I'm definitely a fan and definitely hooked. And I think you guys, I think the sky's the limit. You guys and, and you in particular, it's like, I feel like just keep grinding and keep expanding and keep doing your thing, man. It's just, it's really great stuff. And I think I may have peaked too soon. I think I should have saved this till the last five minutes. Well, that's a great ending. <laughs> and, and, with, and with that, Justin. <laughs> 
Well, I love that. You know, I, I, I thank you for all the kind words. Also, I mean, I, I, um, I love that you said that about deliberate choices with the vocals because that's, I mean, you know, yeah, I know you only caught thirty seconds of, of the set, but like live, I go kind of crazy on a lot of stuff, you know. But it's intentionally set up that way because, like, I feel like if you leave it all on the record, first of all, I'm gonna have to commit to it. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm gonna have to hit all the crazy notes, you know. And it, but it also lets people like know live. It's like um, we want the live show to sound bigger. We want it to sound better. You know, we want to expand on everything that we do. And for sure, I mean, I'm a big believer of like, you know, if you can, should you? You know, I don't know yeah. if you always need a wank if that's your thing. I feel like that kind of annoying sometimes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and so. if you do, and if you do have a wank, again, keep a couple bullets in the holster, right? Yeah, I mean, I call them napkins, but yeah. <laughs> Waka, different kind, Waka, of, different kind of different kind of wank chad that's my bad come on we got justin here he's from canada he's so nice and polite and here you go <laughs> dick, here you go dick joking it you know, know which i, which I, know. I, which, I which i which i love that's you know. fine. fine me too yeah <laughs> i think i think well, i did see your set i saw not the whole uh not the whole of the first one but the, i think the whole of the second one um Everything that you that you you guys have been chatting about about your energy and how how you're holstering it with bullets in the side like that's the point of like I think in these situations where you've done some pretty cool touring I should, well, let me back up you've done some pretty cool touring after you know since the first records come out uh, you know you you've toured with what Pop Evils Dead Poet Society Blue Stones Bad Flower sixty eight who else I thought saw I think I saw zero so like you're in this like area of these acts specifically that are like burging and busting and bustling uh about the break right and i think like it's the company that you keep in that space too like i even see the canadian acts that you're playing with like the blue stones and cleopatra is that i mean another two well they're a two-piece right or something that might be for yeah, but i see I, I keep my finger on the pulse and i watch it all and then i came on the ship because i've heard your band name and never seen you live <laughs> A little transparency. I was a talent buyer for 15 years and I tried and tried and tried to get you guys to play your first Michigan show. I'm here in Detroit for oh, first wow. Michigan show for one of our rooms. Yeah. Uh, but then you ended up playing at, uh, I think the shelter or something of that sorts. Yeah. yeah uh, so I, I couldn't make it to the show, but I've been a fan because Brian showed me the band. So I was excited is where I'm getting at to see you play. You, you harness the craziness. You guys are put together. Well, you sound incredible. Well, but after you were done, I still wanted to see more. Yeah. And and as like, you know, I've toured for a long time. I've been on the ship uh, 10 times now. I've seen, you know, like, so I see those bands and specifically I always watch the, the, the new blood that comes on there because I was once too the new blood that came on there and I want to see what the, how that feels. Right. And you have something special to you guys, man. Like, I don't know how to describe it other than saying, I can't wait to see what those bullets sound and look and feel like as your career moves on because i can tell that that you guys uh, are gonna have a have a great one so oh, thanks man i appreciate yeah, man no not to be too cheesy but well, i, I, I think you one and more that's good i mean we kind of hope that that's the uh you know i hope that people see us and go all right i've had enough you know <laughs> and it's hard after an hour of a new band that you don't know potentially the more than one or two of the songs you know to, to be invested and be like, dude, you should play some more songs that I don't know, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was yeah. fun for us too, because we didn't know how long the sets were going to be on the ship. So we like, also like we, we, we didn't play two different sets, but we did play like different songs, you know, both, both nights, not entirely different, but like the freedom, I think what's fun about my band is because we're not, we don't play with any tracks or anything. We don't play with any, there's no like bells and whistles kind of going on. And I'm not like, there's no comment on that. Like that's, you know, it, it, I don't have an opinion. It's just the way we do it. Um, it gives us like the freedom to just kind of like fuck around, you know? So like there's moments in the set where we turn around and we go, okay, Russell, you're going to do a drum solo, <laughs> you know? Or like, we'll, we'll like say something off mic and we'll be like, okay, we're going to do that. Let's, okay, let's do that thing. You know what I mean? And we'll just kind of have fun with it and just kind of see what, what happens. And I kind of like like the organized chaos of it all because it kind of keeps it fresh. Like every night we get on stage, we didn't even know what songs we were going to play on, on the boat. We literally like sound checked that first day and uh, we had, we didn't rehearse. We didn't do anything. I mean, the last time we played was um, we'd finished the tour with the blue stones, like maybe a, uh, a month and a half before or something. Um, and that was the last time we saw each other and we didn't really prep for this. So 
we just said, fuck it. What do you want to play? And we just kind of took it on the chin and, uh, you know, it, it, I think it went all right. You know, I think it went okay. It yeah. is a little weird when you don't get to like warm up with a couple shows or at least rehearse. Like the first show was definitely colder than the second one. The second one was, was a banger, man. I had so much fun on that, the uh, ocean plaza, uh, stage. That was great. I didn't expect it to be as filled out as it was too. I was like, holy shit, maybe the word got around or something. It or did. Yeah, it did. It definitely did. That, that happened. Yeah. I was like, I was shocked. I, I, cause like, I think we also got really lucky with the time slot. I think that we would like, we were like slotted between, I think like non-point was on right before us or something, or maybe, maybe like wage war or nothing more. Like there was a, there, we were like slotted at a perfect time too. Where I think like it granted us the opportunity to have people come. Yeah. Um, so it, I don't know. Yeah. Not definitely not a coincidence. It was, it was yeah. Well, yeah. thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, how long has this iteration of the of the band been together? Like, because you you say that it, you know it's it's like you open yourself up to have those spontaneous moments, and you know I always found like playing spontaneity is also really cool, mm-hmm. where it's like you plan on doing that thing that you did a couple gigs ago. It's like where we're going to start this thing and then we're going to wind up going into the song a certain way or whatever. But having some kind of plan for that, I, I find to be really fulfilling as a, as, a, as a musician where it's like you're playing and all of a sudden it leads to another thing. And then you put that in your toolbox and you're like, okay, next gig we got, we're going to like somebody cues you off or somebody says something. It's like, oh yeah, we do that thing, don't we? Right. Yeah, so, yeah. so how long, but that takes chemistry, right? It takes yeah. chemistry and, and experience and talent and talent probably being third on the list. Um, what is, uh, not that you're lacking it, but it's, you know, let's face it. Talent is one thing, but you know, working and experience is a whole other right. element to it. What, so the, God, that was a, just, I'm going to shut up, but what, is, how long has that iteration of the band been together? And is there that kind of camaraderie and experience together, a oneness that, that you, you draw on in those situations? Uh, do, do you mean like the iteration of the band is in the lineup or the lineup, like- the lineup? Yeah. The live band. So we've, uh, it's been this band for i want to say four years it's like kind of hard to people ask me like how long we've been a band for and it's like hard to answer because like covid kind of fucked us for like a year like we were we were really a band for like a year and change before covid and then obviously we lost all that time so like in my mind we've only been a band for like three years you know but like technically i think we've been together for like almost five now but it's the same guys that started and forgive my Uh, ignorance right that's that's where i'm going with it it's like how long is like what's the long stretch of of guys all being together and having played together this lineup has been together for i think about like three years four years almost we had another drummer for a little bit at the beginning of the band Mm -hmm. um and then things you know we, we it just didn't work out um but no this band is pretty much we've we've never toured actually with anybody but this lineup there so you go okay yep guys on all the tours we've done we did one-offs and stuff before with different guys but it's been this band pretty much since um we've we've hit the road and you you mentioned the um the uh recording process where you're playing a lot of most of the instruments other than the drums for the most part right what is the creative process with the band as far as writing and and that kind of thing is it hey guys here's are these here are these songs that i wrote we're going to get together in a room, rehearse them and go play them. Or what is, how does the whole thing work? How does the machine work? So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of is like that. Like, I mean, I didn't have like the good fortune to meet my band before I made my first record. So that first record was, yeah, I just have these songs. And then I got two of my buddies who just played uh, bass and drums. Um, the second record ended up kind of being the same way, just because it was untimely again, like, you know, cause Canada was going through things with like, with COVID stuff and like all the restrictions. So like kind of made it really hard for us to do it together in, in Canada. Cause that's the, the producer we used this time was uh, based in Toronto. Um, so I ended up doing it on my own again. Um, and for this next record, we're, we're starting to kind of branch out and, and do things together. I, I, again, it's like, it's kind of tough because they live in New York and I live in Toronto. That's my question. So we do like the Zoom thing, you know, I know it's very modern now and that kind of like took off like over COVID, like for sessions and stuff, but it's not like ideal to me, you know? Um, so we have been trying stuff, you know, like they came up here like a week or two ago and we worked on some stuff and 
I might go down there in a bit and just see what happens. But generally speaking, it's usually just me in my room here. And I like, like you see, I got my drum. I'm not really a great drummer, but like I can kind of, enough, you know, know enough. Yeah. Work out stuff. So it helps with them. Cause I just program them like for demos and stuff. Um, but I'll just build a bunch of demos here. And I just do it all in my room pretty much. I want to say like 95% of the time is made. It's mainly just that. The, there's a band called that you, I think you toured with them. Uh, Dinosaur pilot. Yeah. Great so band. Matt, yeah. he does, he does the same, well, at least had traditionally done the same thing. Right. Uh, I don't know if you guys got into that writing process, but until the last couple of records, you know, it was those guys, he got to play with him permanently. Mm. Uh, came in there. So uh, that was my question is because I didn't know this until um, you just talked about it. How if you're in Toronto as everybody else in Toronto, because I saw that you did live in, in New York and then also in L.A., but I'm assuming that's probably around making music happen. Right. Or is it a full yeah. move? Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I did a full move to L.A. That was for real. Like I lived there for about three years um, and that was all like before any of this happened i mean it was in pursuit of you know the dream right yeah, yeah. um but yeah yeah matt is it's it's similar with matt i mean like i he actually played everything i think on those first few records yeah um, I, I think even drums i don't I yeah, can't remember what he said. Too. yeah. Mm, and i like i'm i wish i was good enough to play like if i was like super like egoistic and like needed to like have my name on all like the credits you know that i would maybe take a crack at it but like it would definitely be worse than having a guy that can actually play the drums play <laughs> yeah. so, i don't want to do that like just i'm not all about like it doesn't matter i don't need to fucking have the credit if it's gonna make the song better to have somebody else do it then like by all means let's get a real drummer in there <laughs> you know yeah. I mean, it is cool. Like sometimes when you're in the studio, you're like, oh, I'm going to play the piano part. And it's just like, you're just pedaling like one chord. And I'm like, yeah, so I can get the piano credit, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then people are like, oh, multi-instrumentalist. It's like, no, no, I really, I, I just play one chord. <laughs> you know? yeah. There's a light on the key, actually, that showed me exactly yeah. what you it, it was just MIDI, you know, we just fucking. Yeah. yeah. And then drag the, drag the MIDI around until it sounds good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> my favorite part of like knowing the shit out of whoever's about around you is to take a midi note right and take your ear <laughs> whatever head device you're wearing like air, air ear pods or headphones on put it full fucking studio uh speakers and just lay into the fucking midi note up and down the uh yeah, uh, different different places that it can make noises in front of everybody. It's I love doing that. Like when my friends come over, because a lot of my friends have no idea how like dem demos are built. So when I like show them the way I program drums, it like freaks them out. You know, yeah. they're like, "Wow, that's so cool!" And like a lot of them are like, "Why do you even need a real drummer?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, "That's a great question." Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. <laughs> but we still do. I mean, there's a lot of people that use program drums. I think there's there's definitely like a uh, like again there's there's something to be said about the sound of that or like super compressed. Like there's super, you can get a lot of cool things. Like we just like to do it real and raw. You know, um, it is funny. Like with some of the producers that I know, like how many tracks would be like, oh yeah, I'll get this and I'll just program, I'll reprogram all the drums. Yeah. Like it's like so yeah. much stuff that people do. You know. Well, and it's and it's you can tell. I mean, you can just tell because it all and, and look, it all does sound. It starts to sound the same because there's the techniques that everyone uses, and it's. I mean, how many sample libraries are there? I mean, I guess right. there's a lot, but they're pulling yeah. those samples, right? Um, is uh, okay. So the set, the producer, uh, most recent producer, what, what's his name again? Sorry, his name uh, Anton Delost. Okay, what's yeah. his, what's what's Anton's history? So he actually, he, he, his like thing that I was attracted to is like, he did the Cleopatric, um, hometown, okay, there you go. Okay. um, which like, which is funny. Cause I didn't know that when I first met him, like we were put together by, uh, like his publisher at the time, who's now my publisher. And, um, and like, we were talking, he's like, Oh, who's you, who you tour with? And like, I was like, Oh, we've been on with this, these guys, these guys, these guys, Cleopatric. He's like, Oh, Cleopatric is I did the hometown, uh, EP. And I was like, Oh fuck, that's sick. Um, Cause I love that band, you know, and I would consider them friends of ours. Um, and, uh, he does a lot, like he does, he does a lot of like pop punk stuff. He does like Seaway and like state champs. And, uh, um, he's kind of, he, he actually is doing the new dead poet society record. Um, he just did the last San Antonio record. 
um he's kind of making waves right now it's 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 pretty awesome like, he just moved to la he's like he's like big shot guy now yeah. like <laughs> Tec- tech- yeah technically justin you are you are making waves right now <laughs> oh, 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 oh man yeah. that was freaking yeah. that was a bullet in the i mean i mean you went right past it and i just i took it all in totally flew over my head. <laughs> is 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 anton a drummer he is a yes. He is a drummer. Yeah. So that, yeah, you can you can tell you can tell how that record was produced because I put it in. Like I said, I I jammed it all day today in every format you could imagine. Well, three formats, and the drums cut your head off in such a good way on every device I listened to. The car, the little boombox, and then at home, it's like on every one of those instances, the drums were just they just throttle you, not in a bad way, not in like a Saint Anger kind of way. Right. Um, <laughs> we also we. We had the sorry, I, I don't mean no, that. no, no, no. Go ahead, yeah. We had the good fortune of um, we got to record the drums for Black Box in the room that Neil Peart like basically like engineered. So like, there's a studio downtown Toronto called Revolution, and uh, when they made the Clockwork Ranger uh, Angels record, um, which is the last Rush record, uh, they literally built this like a room just for Neil like to do drums in. So it's like all the his specs. It's like all like you know he was like a wizard, you know. So yeah. like it's all dialed into the way Neil wanted it. So the drums in that room, just, I think it's the best drum room, you know, in Canada, at least I know there's some great stuff in, in the U S but we got, we got really lucky. Like the drum sounds like you hear on the record. It's like, that's the way they came out, you know, mm-hmm. like it's not, um, and all the sampling and stuff is like, we, we, it's like, it's our own samples. Yeah. As well. Right. Um, yeah. You, you, you can tell, I mean, it, it, and here's the thing. I don't even feel like it matters how you get to it, how you get to them. Because because they sound great and they sound real and it doesn't sound overly processed to me and I couldn't tell I'm like they could be they may they may be real they may be fake I don't care they sound great and they set in the mix they sit and set in the mix really well and I I just it's funny because he's a he's a drummer first and I was like I wonder if you know so yeah he's like he's like low key he's like actually a really really good drummer which was nice for me because like I could play but like obviously like my knowledge of how to like program stuff it's obviously like my drumming repertoire isn't that deep so like i can't come up with like the most elaborate ideas on the drums so having him there and writing pretty much most of the record with him um the drum some of those drum grooves i would have never thought of you know Mm -hmm. he hadn't had like you know a background of just being a great drummer yeah i mean there was one song specifically where it was a straight beat and then the, the last measure was a swing Mm-hmm. I was like, what are they doing rhythmically? And then I'm like, okay, that wasn't an accident because they just did it twice in a row. <laughs> I forget what song it was, but it, there's some, there's a part, maybe it's a breakdown where there's a straight, it's a straight beat that all that almost swings. And then the last, the last bar like completely swings, like very much on purpose. I don't know if that rings a bell, but I'll have to, I'll have to circle back and maybe I'll put I, that. I'm like, so like musically, like, and that like i don't like know the theory stuff super well and like oh, my band is funny because they're all like music school guys so they like know all their scales and like the yeah. voice like the terminology and stuff and i'm like pretty much completely self-taught off like youtube and stuff so like i, I like know it sounds right you that's know all that ma- that's all that matters is if it yeah. sounds good totally all that's all that matters man so funny like, how, how did you meet them by the way the, i met the them. guys so like it, the the like the short version is like basically um we were the first record was done so we needed a band and um we had we had like a like a, a typical like audition process but like we kind of fished uh for these guys like through a couple uh means like my my manager's um uh, uh my manager's boyfriend at the time um uh, great bass player like broadway guy he um recommended nick because he was like this, this kid's amazing <laughs> you know and he was like he played on hamilton and stuff so he like knew what he was talking about and uh so he was like yeah you should bring in this guy nick Katz." and um he brought nick brought russell because they went to high school with each other um and they've been playing oh. for years and like it's obviously like when your rhythm section like is familiar with each other it makes all the difference yeah. um, so he was like yeah i'll bring in russell and then we met kyle um we we just cold emailed a bunch of people and we we sent an email to like one of the NYU like props like music guys. Oh, you know, we were like, hey, well, here's some songs. You know, we're looking for a cool rocker dude. Blah 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 blah. And the dude hit back and he was like, Kyle Duke, he's your guy. And like all these guys were pretty much like 
the I mean Kyle was the first guitar player that we auditioned and it was like okay that's done and then <laughs> I think Nick was maybe the second or third bass player um and that was and then when he brought in Russell we were like okay you know this is pretty much done deal right off the bat we also like gelled really quickly and like our influences were very similar and um the type of playing that we like was very similar so it kind of just gelled immediately and also like going in like of course like you know to me they were all strangers at first but uh, having like nick and russell's relationship already be like cemented there helped the chemistry of it like just kind of take off right off the top um because obviously there's that it's like one step like is already they already know each other so we don't have there's like a little bit of awkwardness we can get by <laughs> mm -hmm. so, i mean it, uh, it is always interesting, like when you're meeting guys and they're just like playing your songs and you're just like, okay, well, I guess we're a band, you know? <laughs> yeah. I guess you live here that. now. Yeah. And like I, I've done that a few times in the past. Like I've had bands before this band that were similar, you know, like I would kind of handle all the creative stuff and then we would just kind of audition people to kind of be in, in the group because it's kind of always been my project. It's kind of always been my thing. Um, and, uh, I mean, now I would say like, we're like a legitimate band, you know, those guys are like my brothers, like we're, we're, we're like, you know, four peas in a pod, <laughs> you know? Um, and they, and they make life a lot easier because they really play the fuck out of all their instruments, you know? Yeah, it's not helpful. <laughs> when guys that can really play, like, dude, my guys can play. So it's like anything you throw at them, they're like, oh yeah, no problem. Like, you know, there's no limitations for like what, what is possible because everybody is super, super capable. It's like, beyond you know like when people ask me who my favorite people are like oh who's your favorite bass player i'm like nick katz like yeah. without yeah. <laughs> you know, like you know it's like not even funny how good like these guys are so i'm just grateful to have them around and it's 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 cool that we get to we're constantly challenging each other you yeah. know we're all we're all keeping each other on our toes all the time it's it's like it, it just makes it that much more uh fun and it makes it it makes it easier when I know every night we get on stage. I don't have to worry that like somebody's going to have a bunk show because maybe they can't do this or maybe they can't improvise on the spot. It's like any one of my guys, if you just be like, you know, if I had to like throw up or something like that, I could be like, Kyle, take a fucking 10 minute guitar solo. And it would be like a piece of cake for him. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Be that, and that's the trust of, that's the trust, right? Of musicians. If you're listening, right. You, right. Cause your band guys probably, I mean, that's the most important part of being in a band. I think is not your playing. It's your listening, man. Like you got to listen to what else is happening and know where you fit. Right. And that's the thing about a lot of bands. You can tell they're not listening to what the singer's doing. They're not listening right. to what the bass player or anybody else is doing, but what they're focused on. And like, and that to me, a good, a great, a, what separates a good musician from a great musician is a musician that can play and listen at the same time. Right. And 100%. And like, that that's what again what's what's super fun about my band too is like maybe we'll be doing this song and then on the second verse Kyle will throw in this riff and then like we'll all hear it and then the next time it comes around we'll hit it together and we all kind yeah, of that's right yeah like like you know it, yeah. it makes because we're all pretty attentive you know obviously with that yeah but. let's uh let's chat briefly about your uh your shiprocked experience and then Chad and I are gonna make you walk the plank so okay. um. So Shiprocked, it was your first. It was your first time. What was your uh, What was your takeaway? What, what was the best? What was the worst? Tell us. A, tell, give us a Give us a brief synopsis. And overall, it was so much fun. Like I've never been on a cruise before. Uh, I think actually everybody in my band, like nobody had been on a cruise before, so we didn't really know what to expect. Um, and we had heard so many great things about it. Like, like our, I mean, our, our our buddies in a band called World Tusk, they had done it. You know, right before we toured with them, and then I think. Uh, well, well, Jacoby from like all the Papa Roach guys were like, this is going to be insane. Like, just get ready. You know, it was, it was a bunch of bands that were like, it's going to be awesome. So we didn't really know what to expect. But honestly, if I was ever going to go on a cruise again, it has to be that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you, once you go on a regular cruise, that's not a music theme cruise. You're going to be bored out of your mind. And, that's, yeah. and like, it, it's just, yeah. Well, everybody was having a good time. It's like even the staff, because we just like started hanging out with like just like the cruise staff, you know, not even the shiprock, because it's like the regular mm -hmm. like Carlo, and they were like, You don't understand how amazing this is for us. Because like, you know, everybody's just kind of chilling, you kind of do whatever you want, you know, people are just like drinking at like 10 in the morning. It's like whatever, you know, it's like do whatever whatever whatever's fun. Um, 
And it was just cool, you know, to be like on a boat with a bunch of other great musicians. So you're like, and everybody's just together like that. I, I get that's probably like one of the main points is like everybody's just kind of in the same space. Everywhere you go, there's like somebody in this band is chilling or like, oh, there's Randy Blythe. And you're like, holy fuck, <laughs> you know, or, or uh, and getting to interact with the people that are like, you know, fans. It's like everywhere you go, there's somebody that wants to talk to you. And and it's cool for guys like us because like we're not a big band and we're and obviously it was our first time on Shiprock. So it was cool to see the response from people and how many people were like interested in like talking to us, mm-hmm. you know, and just getting to know us. Um and obviously, you know, above all, there's a lot of great music to see as well. Um, you know, like some of my favorites, like I think my favorites were um other than other than uh um oh my god, other than like the stowaways, which was just always awesome. Um, I think like Aaron Jones and Nonpoint were like my two favorite. Um, I just had a blast watching those guys. Um yeah. it was cool because we had met some of the nonpoint guys like a couple months before. We done like a live session for like Amazon that happened to be at like we didn't know like it just happened to be at the studio that they work at in in Chicago. Oh yeah. So we got to meet like their front of house and like Rashid the guitar player was there. So we like already had like a prior relationship going in which was really cool. And uh and again like it was cool to see guys we had tour with like you know like like Joey from Bad Flower like we had done a Bad Flower tour and like we're homies and and uh you know seeing um I'm trying to think of a couple more off the top of my head. I'm probably just going to fuck this up, but you know, there was people we had known that were going to be on the, uh, on the ship as well. So that was cool. And, 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 and other crew guys too, like, cause you know, the way the rock crews work, like the kind of mix and match people jump to this band and now they're in front of house for this band or, you know, so that was really cool. Also, um, I also loved being in the casino every night till like 6am. What's your, yeah. what's your game? Yeah. <laughs> I actually didn't gamble at all. Which was no, great. Oh no, kidding. Okay, so just the hang. That was your vibe. Well, yeah. that was that was like one of my favorite parts of it. I just knew that every night, if you want to go and like you know just have fun, we just show up at the casino at like one o'clock, and yeah. every there, you know, like you know the hardcore partiers are there, and like we all drink half off, and like you know, it was just so much fun. I, I like, and every night it was like every single night we'd be there, and the sun would start rising. We'd have pizza yeah. on. You know, yeah. and I'm like, oh fuck, here we go. I'm like five days in, I'm like, I can't believe I'm still doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Chad, Chad yeah. hey, side note for Chad, it sounds like he really did it. Am I right? He really did do it. You yeah. really yeah. did yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot, I mean, a lot of a lot of even guests don't really do. But that's how you do ship rock. It's like mm-hmm. you're up late, and you don't have to get fucked up out of your mind, but just like drink, you know, be in moderation because the buzz. Like the environmental buzz just carries through till daybreak, man. You know, oh, wow. it's like so. I'm, I'm. Look, I'm proud of you, man. You did it right. <laughs> Seriously, you made man. me proud, man. You make me proud. It destroyed my sleep schedule for like yeah. a month. <laughs> yeah. like I was backwards, man. I was like nocturnal. Like I was up to like six, going to bed at like six, seven in the morning, and then I don't think I, I made it off the boat one day. I got off in. I think I made it off for Turks and Caicos. I think, yeah. Uh, the other day, it's like sleeping. You know, yeah, the week, the weakest of the three ports, in my humble opinion. Oh wow! But, but it's okay, man. You know, Amber Cove is where they shot uh, Jurassic Park, so you you kind of miss the you yeah. miss that the look of that island, which is second to none. It's one of the mm-hmm. best islands we've been to. But may, you know, you know, next time, man, we'll get it. next time. Well, I know that the problem is, is like I was staying up so late and like just doing the hang. <laughs> like, I couldn't wake up early in the morning. By the time I was like getting up basically or like falling asleep, I feel like the boat was docking some days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. yeah. You did do it right. And that, that's did. the way you did. Did you play any shows afterwards? Um, since then? No. So we've kind of just been, I, well, actually we're making a new record in, uh, in May. I'm, I'm going in to record it. So I'm kind of in like writing mode. Okay. Right? Um, and then, you know, we have some stuff like the work, we have stuff we're going to announce like soon and we don't have anything like announced officially yet, but we're going to be busy over the summer. Um, I, I didn't know if you guys like had gotten off the boat and you're like, all right, off to our next gig. Cause I know that feeling and that that's feeling a, that's something, right? <laughs> the, there will never be a worse gig than, than that show. No matter if you think you crush it, your body is just like, you're not even seeing people straight. Cause you're still having like a little bit of this, you know, your, your, your whole equilibrium is all yeah. messed up. And I just wanted to know if you guys stepped on stage after that, because it's fucking, no, 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 fucking we were, another world. 
I needed like a week to recover from that. I mean, like I think <laughs> at home and I yeah. slept for like 14 hours or something like that. It was a disaster. Yeah, that's the way. I mean, I had so much fun. I just got so like carried away in the whole thing, you know, like I just yeah. couldn't stop, you know? Uh, so we'll, um, you know, we generally don't have, we have some repeats bands year after year. It just depends. Right. But, uh, I definitely would love to chat with you about maybe coming on as a stowaway and see yeah, if we can work that out. If we, if the band's not, if we can't do the band thing, maybe you'd be interested in coming. We'll, we'll talk about that as that comes together. Cause I think yeah. you'd be a really fun fit for that as well. So Absolutely. as, as Chad and Andy, cause you know, Chad and Andy and I are the kind of the brains behind that now and. So as we put that together, we'll definitely put your name in the hat for that and see if you might be interested in that. If if it all works out, it just depends on how it all goes, you know? I mean, we would love anything. I mean, dude, if we come back, it'd be fucking great. Like, I, after doing this, I was like, holy fuck, I could see why bands are like, every rock band we talked to that had done it was like, oh man, you're going to have so much fun. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, you, and I think you'll feel as your career moves forward, you'll feel it. And Chad can attest to that. It's like every gig you play, there's going to be a pocket full of ship rockers. And then the more, the more successful you get and the bigger your shows get, the more ship rock guests you'll see. And then, you know, they'll come up and tell you they were on ship rock. They saw you the first time on ship rock. And we get those stories a lot. It's a, it's a whole ship rock guests are, you know, they are, they are the biggest music fans and they go out, they travel, they go to festivals, small shows, big shows and everything in between. So they're, they're super loyal to, to the bands that, that, uh, that they share that experience with. And that's what it is. You go out and have a beer with them in the casino. It's like, they're fans they're fans for life man yeah for sure yeah. so many other bands that's what a lot of other bands were telling us too is like because well when we did because i think when we went out with bad flyer bad flyer had done right. it well tusk had done it i think um i, I mean, know there's a lot of bands who've done it before i mean i'm looking at the list 68 i mean i don't know if you it was at that time they'd done it but uh dead poet society pop mm-hmm. evil right yeah. uh yeah, I mean, at least those. I don't know if you toured with Papa Roach, but that's another one you mentioned. We played, uh, we, we played like a one-off with them, but it's like they all echo the same statement. They're like, listen, you go on that boat, and those people are going to be fans for life. And it's and it's and that's true because there's a lot of shows we played. I was specifically when we were out with Bad Flower, it was pretty prevalent. Like people were, I, I want to say like not one show went by where somebody wasn't like, when are we going to see you on Shiprock? <laughs> you yeah. know? Like, all these fans, I guess, that discovered them on Shiprock, like we're coming to every single show. And then it's funny because I remember when we got the offer to do it, I was at a Bad Flower show in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> funny. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, so, Justin, we've had you for almost an hour. Uh, we don't want to take up too much more of your time. Thank you so much for being here with Thanks, us. Man. We appreciate it. Like I said, we'll shoot this thing out on Monday. Um, so we'd like to close, uh, we're going to have you walk the plank and I'm not even, I'm not, I'm not even going to explain what that is. I think you'll figure it out. And then Chad has a, Chad has a question from last week's guest that will be directed towards you. And then we'll ask you to create a question for next week's guest. So we'll, we'll explain that as we go, but to, in order to walk the plank, I want to ask you if you had to live as an animal for one year. What animal would you choose and why? <clears throat> oh, this is a good question. Okay, well, right now, actually, this is this is relevant too to to my neighborhood. I'd probably get rid of the coyotes for a year um, because they're eating all the dogs. In my neighborhood. So you'd, be, so you'd have to live like one though. So you'd have to be the coyote for a year. Oh wait, you said if you had to live. Oh, I thought you said if you had to live. lose. Live. Just, you had to live. You have to. Okay. We so you want to know who you so fucking he, hate, though. Hey, hey, fuck coyotes. I mean, he, he will not. I would, if I had to kill a species, I would fucking kill coyotes for you. Our biggest fans are coyotes, dude. You're fucked. <laughs> There's so many fucking coyotes in my neighborhood now. Like, I can't. My dog, it's like such a big deal with my dog, you know? So, like, that. So, if I had to lose one, that would be the one. But if I had to live like one, mm-hmm. oh. Hmm. Well, that's a very good question. Um, now you're walking the plank, my friend. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like the, you know, like, like, like the man in me wants to say like a lion, you know, but then like the, the kind of more like, a, um, I guess like the more like, like, uh, maybe like a, maybe some sort of bird or something too. Cause I want to know what it's like to fly. You know, you know what I'd be? I'd be a great white shark. That's what I would be. That would be 
You went from a lion to a bird to a shark. Yeah, you like went that, in a matter of like four seconds. <laughs> I think a great white shark would be crazy because you're an apex predator. Like, who's fucking with the great white shark? You know what I mean? Yeah. Also, it's metal as fuck. Like, you're a fucking great white shark. And also, I think it'd be cool to like, you get to discover the ocean. Like, we don't know anything about the ocean. And like, you're just going to get to swim around. Maybe you get to see like, there's like krakens or something like that or like huge beasts that we don't even know exist it's basically like you know alien territory down there i think it'd be really cool you know great white shark uh, chad there you go yeah also all right the, walking okay. the plank continuing to walk the plank what villain do you secretly cheer for Ooh. hmm was it cool? Oh man, this, that's a really good. That's a really good question. Also, um, on it. Oh, this is gonna be a. This is gonna be a. This is gonna be a controversial one. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, I don't get like in trouble for saying this. But like, maybe, you know, Thanos had some good points. Okay. <laughs> I okay. <laughs> All right. He was like half has to go for the other half to thrive, and in theory, <laughs> you know. He was, I think he was misunderstood. I think he, he thought what he was doing was actually for the greater good of the universe. You know, I think his, obviously, you know, it's savage. There's like mass murder and all that kind of stuff. But, oh, I, but. but I think that his intentions were good to start out with. He took the pain, you know, he like, he sacrificed his daughter. He did all this shit, you know, because he thought it was a selfless act, you know, he thought what he was doing was really was really going to be um, was really going to be uh, um, uh, I don't know, you know it was it was it was, was going to be revolutionary revolutionary obviously you know he didn't consider like the the loss and people like losing their families and all this kind of stuff but I think his intentions were good and uh, I stand by that respect <laughs> I, I respect i love it so last <laughs> week we had uh winston mccall from uh parkway drive was our was our guest last week and he was awesome and go ahead chad he had a he had a question for this week's guest which is you my friend yeah and it's kind of funny because it leans into your first uh answer it does uh, i was like oh shit this is great it totally so, does so winston's question was all right you get to pick one option a which is fight a bear or option B, which is fight a shark. And he's one, he's thinking like mortal Kombat style. Like you drop into a, into a stage and there it is, you know, who would you go against? Or what would you go against? Well, I'm assuming if you're fighting the shark, you gotta be underwater, right? Sure. Or, That's, that could be the, that could be the level for sure. Is it, or is this a land shark? Because if it's got, if it's got legs, that's, that's, a, that's another story. You it's got to be sea, got to be ocean, because uh, specifically these questions were uh, directly after um, us talking about his love of the ocean and surfing. So. Yeah, good point. I, then I would say you probably fight the bear because, it, like, at least like you know it's in your environment. Like, if you're in the water, you're immediately going down. You're in you're in the, the sharks. That's its, that's its territory. You can't fight a shark underwater. Like, I feel like with a bear, if you're gonna drop in. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a, we're talking a grizzly here. Like you're, you're gonna yeah. get, but the shark. Sorry, the grizzly might give up. You play dead. You know, you try to protect the vital organs. You put your face in the ground. You know, cover your neck, do the thing. Maybe you'll get away, like badly banged up. I think the shark is just because not only like are you gonna, you're gonna die. Like when the shark is gonna get, attack you, it's gonna eat. It's gonna bite you. You're gonna bleed out, and you're gonna drown at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> The drowning oh. is the worst part to me. I, I think it's fucking terrifying. This whole <laughs> caution where like the bear, you might get away. There's people that have survived. I mean, there's people that have survived both, but I feel like if I was going to choose one to like eat me, I'd probably choose the bear. Yeah. You know, I just feel like, like uh, if we're going to get morbid about it, I feel like. Do, it, you think, do you think that the bear would be the choice because of the smaller mouth? But maybe that's why you choose it. Maybe claws, though. I know, but the mouth, the thing that is like the thing he's trying to get a bear's trying to get you in his mouth, is he not? Yeah. He Isn't he trying to get his teeth into you? Probably claw on you. And like you can't outrun the thing. It's so fat. You can't climb a tree, you're screwed. You know? <laughs> yeah. 
you can't climb a tree. No, you can't. That's have you seen videos of them run up trees? They're like fucking like like the flash. Like they just zip up it. Like it's crazy. Um I think that would do well. Okay. She's a good choice. All right, so what do you want to ask? Yeah, what's your question for our next guest? Oh, by the way, you don't get to know who it is. That's the cop. Yeah, the you, you won't know who the next guest is. So you, just like he didn't know. Yeah, we need you to provide a question for our next guest. Oh, fuck. I have like so many ridiculous ones that like are going to take too long to explain, but maybe I'll give like Those something. Those are the best ones. Let's, let's go with something simple, maybe. Okay. Maybe like if you were a pirate, what eye would you wear the patch over? And <laughs> What shoulder would you have the parrot on? All right. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the dumbest, best one we've ever gotten. Yeah, for sure. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and simple. And by the way, he took, again, had no time to think. He just, he, he's like a top of head. Like, <laughs> like, hey, what's your question for the guy next week? Uh, what if you were a pirate? Like immediately. <laughs> I've been wondering this for a long time. <laughs> something profound, but like, come on, there's no fun in that, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's seriously, this is great. So I wrote it down as if you were a pirate, which air, which eye would you wear the patch on, and which shoulder would you wear your, your parrot on? Yeah, okay. yeah. I think it's that's cool. Yeah, 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 these are the questions that we we need to know. We need to get answers to. I love it. Yeah. Justin, thanks, man. Thanks for joining us this week. We appreciate it, man. It's been it's been a real it's been a pleasure getting to know you and chatting with you a little bit. And and like I said earlier, man, I'm I'm excited for your future and the band's future. And I think I think it's you're just onto it, man. Just keep keep grinding and and I, I expect big things for you guys. And and um I'm excited for you. Oh well, thanks, man. Well, thanks for having me here. Thanks for having us on Shiprock. This has been a lot of fun. So yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, Chad. Thanks for uh thanks for letting me be here, man. Al, it was very nice to chat with you. And Justin, you too. Thanks for being here, man. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. We appreciate you, man. See you, boys. Thank you. Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King, an off-road minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media.